Hello, I am Rachel and I'm here with Sarah. Hi. <laughs> and we're here for our second episode of Stepping Forward Podcast. Today, we are excited to talk with you about things that we wish we had known before we became step parents. So many things. <laughs> all um, the things. All of the things. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many questions. I was writing a list of questions down and I don't know. I feel like I have about 453 questions that I wish I'd asked my now husband about before we got married, just to see um, what to expect and what it was going to be like, because I had no clue. I was dumb <laughs> and in love. <laughs> and in love, yes. And, you know, love does make you do dumb things. You, you got to make sure you get your feet on the ground before you make a big commitment, because mm -hmm. instant family is a big commitment. It's huge. Yeah. It is. And, you know, I, I, my courtship with my husband went pretty quickly mm -hmm. because in my opinion, when there are kids in the picture, you're in or you're out. Yeah. There's no dilly dallying. There's no, oh, I'm not sure I want kids or, oh, I think maybe I, let's just, you know, Take our time, which is yeah. fine. I knew my husband for two years before we got married, so I'm not judging you on time or anybody on time. Right. And I, you know, I try not to be judgy. I am sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we live in Utah. We can't help it. Please forgive us. <laughs> but honestly, I, I get judged all the time for my quick courtship. So, uh -huh. but we're still here four years later and we're very awesome. happy. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and I think as we talk about this too, you're going to learn that Rachel did things quickly, but smart. And I was slower and not as smart as <laughs> Rachel was. So you'll see that as we start to talk about some of these questions. <laughs> oh, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> So one thing that is important to know is, before you get married, is, is that divorce finalized? Yep. That was one I learned by error. Uh, <laughs> basically that um, my husband's ex had said, yep, it's finalized. And then um, we were planning to get married in August. And in May, I want to say, we got served. Maybe it was May or maybe it was January. I can't remember. But we got served with the court papers that had been finalized. And oh, I was no. like, what just happened? <laughs> what? We've been together this whole time and you've been married? I can't believe it. <laughs> and there's, to be fair, not my husband's a really good person. He's really nice. <laughs> um, there's a level of trauma that happens for men after divorce when their wives um, cheat on them. I'm just going to say it because that's Absolutely. what happened. So Absolutely. he wasn't as on top of things as he could have been. And I trusted him and I don't think I was wrong to trust him. I just think I was wrong to trust him in that respect. So, <laughs> well, and so, it sounds yeah. like it was a little bit of you both trusting what the ex said and then yep. finding out later, oh, well, that wasn't quite right. Yeah. And that's a bad practice, generally so. speaking, to trust the ex. But, yeah. Unfortunately. But not always. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it, that is tough. You know, divorce is a trauma. It mm -hmm. is for everyone involved. And um, I think that's part of why for me it was, I'm in or I'm out. I'm not, yep. you know, waffling around about this because, uh, it was clear to me that my husband and my stepkids had been through a big trauma for sure. Mm -hmm. the, yeah. the mother of their family had left and uh -huh. that was tough for them. Yeah. Understandably so. Um, but I, I was kind of hard on my husband at first. <laughs> I, 
I made him send me a copy of the decree because I wanted to know yeah, that that you, baby was done uh-huh. before we started dating. <laughs> and you want to know when it happened too, but it for sure like stamp, sign, seal, delivered absolutely. on yours. Yep. Absolutely. So, um, I think that we both went about that very different ways, but it ended yep. up being okay in yeah. the long run, thankfully. Exactly. We didn't try to get married when he was still married, so but, that worked out yeah. well. But it doesn't always work out for people, so it's good yeah. to be cautious about that. Um, and I think, you know, I I am a bit of a control freak. I have been told. <laughs> I've accepted it. <laughs> but, you know, he sent me a copy of that decree. Um, I knew a lot of these questions that Sarah had listed uh-huh. just from reading through the decree, um, when it was finalized, what the custody arrangement was. Mm-hmm. I knew my husband had primary physical custody uh-huh. because I could see it right there in black and white. Right. And some of those things I didn't see until much later. And I saw a meme recently online that said, nobody knows the custody agreement as well as a stepmom. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it's so true it because so we are true. so... I mean, generally speaking, historically, women have been awarded more custody. And um, a lot of times men kind of get the short end of the stick with their kids. Mm -hmm. And so we go through it and try to find out how we can help our husbands and how they can see their kids more. But I think the way that you did it was super smart to get all those questions. Oh, thank you. (laughs) You know, I think uh, that that meme is spot on because... If I had realized how well I was going to know the law, oh uh-huh. man, maybe I should have gone to law school instead of school for communication disorders. Like okay. it's, you know, you end up delving into your state yes. or your country's laws because you love these kids and you want to know how much access you have to them. You yep. want to know what your husband's rights are as a step parent. You have very limited rights, basically yes. none. Yep. So, you know, if I had known, I, I don't know if I would have been able to change anything, but I never would have thought I would know the law this well, honestly. <laughs> um, you know, you can't predict the biological parent. No. You can't predict the kids. Nope. There are times when you can't even predict what your spouse is going to do. Uh-huh. Um, now, sometimes in my case, with the bio mom in my case, um, you know, I just imagine the most unimaginable thing, the last thing that would occur to me. Uh-huh. And that's what she does. Oh, my right? gosh. Yeah. You know, that's how I've become better at predicting what she's going to do or say. And it's whatever thing is most counterintuitive to me is what she's probably going to uh-huh. do. And it's not even like it helps her. It mm-hmm. just in her perception, it hurts you guys. Yeah. So I don't think I I don't think I anticipated how oppositional things are going to be and unrealistic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so while it's terrible for my anxiety to imagine the worst (laughs) thing that could possibly Uh happen, sometimes that is the thing that happens. Yes. So, um, and you'll hear me talk about this. I have anxiety, I have depression Mm -hmm. and a lot of it, you know, I, I'm not going to say I never had anxiety or depression beforehand because I did. And I, um, well, to delve into something a little more personal, I was at the Boston Marathon bombing. Oh my god! And that triggered my anxiety and my depression yeah. pretty severely throughout my grad school experience. And um, there are times when I look at that and step parenting has triggered my anxiety and depression even yes. more. 
Yeah. Um, it's been tough. So we're open about mental health on this uh-huh. show and we will always talk about it and we want our listeners to feel free to talk about it too. But I never could have predicted the ride that I have been on. Mm-hmm. I never could have known how much time I, as a law abiding a citizen, right. a citizen, citizen <laughs> would be spending in the courtroom, mm-hmm. would be spending researching laws, writing court documents, uh, sitting with attorneys, going to mediation, checking our surveillance footage to see who had been on our property, Um, reading online all these horror stories about about my husband and me that were put out there by the biological mom Mm -hmm. because she's a a public figure. So we can't anticipate. No. And you know what? A lot of us, if we knew what was going to (laughs) happen, there would be no such thing as a step-parent. No. There would be no no such thing as a parent for a lot of parents, too. It's tough. I laugh because it's so true, Rachel. It's so, it can be so traumatic. And we talked last episode about how our situations are different. I know nothing about law or courts or commissioners in Utah (laughs) because we never went through that. And so even if you know ahead of time, hey, we might have to do this, you could spend all your time researching and it's no big deal because you have a co-parenting relationship with somebody who's reasonable. Mm -hmm. So that's maybe one of the things you want to find out is what's that (laughs) co-parent like? Are they um, severely mentally ill to the extent that they will try to hurt you or your partner Mm -hmm. to um, just to exact control on you and not to benefit themselves at all, which is a hard thing to find out and a hard thing to know, especially for like we talked about people who have been, traumatized by divorce or through divorce. And so Mm -hmm. it's a really tricky thing to find out, but absolutely. And there are different ways that people can hurt each other. Yeah. Um, and some of us have experienced all of them, unfortunately. So, um, I know for my husband, I, he was very traumatized because he was physically assaulted during the separation period by his, his Mm -hmm. ex. So, and your, your He's husband, was, too. Yeah, mine was, too. Oh, my goodness. He's I didn't was. know that. He <laughs> was. He <laughs> was, yes. Um, <laughs> I didn't know with that. With a knife. Mm. Like, all kinds of... Their relationship was not happy, so... Sounds very tumultuous. Mm-hmm. So... As was yours. Uh, his. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then there have been times that we've, we've been gone after financially as well. Where right. She, you know, she sought out to... Um, specifically damage our finances. Uh-huh. And I won't go into the details of that, but it's tough. People can be very vindictive, yes. especially when it comes to their children. Uh-huh. Um, and they don't always realize that they're hurting their children. Right. Too. Which I think is the priority. And kind of, we talked about how we both work with kids and a lot of our focus, obviously our relationships with our spouses is, are incredibly important, the most important mm-hmm. thing. And then after that, making sure that our kids are mentally healthy and safe is the next most important thing in the relationship Mm -hmm. that they, we want them to be happy and feel okay about life and wouldn't ever dream of doing anything to intentionally hurt them and try to avoid doing anything to unintentionally hurt them as well. Right. So it's hard to come across people who are like, yeah, I'm willing to sacrifice my kids to hurt you. It's fine. Right. And if you have any sort of empathy, (laughs) Yeah, you're sitting there thinking, how is this human being doing this? Right. So it it's definitely tough. Um, another thing 
is knowing how flexible that custody arrangement is. Mm -hmm. um, and that varies a lot from case to case as yes. well. Um, and even at different time periods in the same case. It's so true. In ours, we had custody. It was Wednesday from like 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. Mm -hmm. Friday night from, I don't even remember because I haven't looked at it in a while, from 7 p.m. You're more on to, the flexible side of things we are, right now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so Fridays at 7 or maybe it was 5 till Sundays at 8 or something like that. But now, like I said in our last episode, the oldest stepdaughter moved in with us a year ago and has been there for a year. And then we moved so that instead of being 40 minutes away from our girls, we're like seven or eight minutes away from our girls and they spend a lot of time at our house now. So our arrangement is incredibly flexible now, but it was not before. And it was very much like transportation. We're going to talk about too. Um, who does transportation? Mm -hmm. Who's responsible for that? And in the beginning, it was very contentious to try to arrange how the kids were going to get from house to house. Absolutely. Definitely. And our custody arrangement has changed quite a bit over the past four years where we, uh, Originally, my husband had primary physical custody, and now we're at 50-50. Um, and even still, we're we're changing things as we go. Mm -hmm. And we've had some unconventional arrangements that <laughs> we'll delve into in the future. But uh, different kids definitely have different needs. Yes. And different parents have different needs as well. Yes. So um, that's definitely something to be aware of mm -hmm. and being willing to change that custody arrangement when it's needed. Right. Sometimes we talk about important life events mm -hmm. for custody. Those might include things like weddings, family reunions, funerals, religious events. Um, I've seen a lot of people post about sicknesses. Mm -hmm. Like if this kid has strep throat, should they go to their dad's or mom's house? Um, travel, like vacation right. type things. What kinds of things is your co-parent flexible with? Exactly. If anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, and it's hard to know. Um, another tricky thing is that legal custody piece. Yep. Um, a lot of decrees are ambiguous about uh -huh. that and you end up in court frequently when that happens, I think. Right. I think mm. they're intentionally ambiguous in some ways because they want the mm -hmm. parents to try to get along and try to figure it out. And so sometimes when they are a little less ambiguous, they'll say something like um, the parents have to go through mediation before they come to court. Yes. And, which can work and sometimes doesn't work, but um, but it's helpful to have that specified in the decree so that you know Maybe like in terms of school, the dad has the final say, but in terms of, you know, medical, the mom has the final say or something mm -hmm. like that. So they can differentiate who has that. That's a good thing to know going into it. Right. And ours is very specific at this point uh -huh. uh, because we've had to make it very specific. Right. Uh, when you have two reasonable parents mm -hmm. who got divorced for reasonable reasons, <laughs> uh, it, it can be easier to balance that legal custody decision-making yes. um, when not everybody involved is reasonable or they're not all mentally healthy. Um, it can really complicate things. Right. And I think we talk about mental health in a couple different ways, just really quick. Cause you've touched on this a couple of mm -hmm. times. I feel like there's some sort of garden variety, mental health things like anxiety and depression. And I have had, significant depression in my past, major depressive disorder as a diagnosis. And so I don't say it's just like, it's no big deal. It's fine. But it can be overcome where things like borderline personality disorder or bipolar disorder 
or schizophrenic disorders are harder to work with and can't be treated quite as easily. So there, mm-hmm. I differentiate between types of mental health too. If you're working with somebody who's seriously mentally ill, it can be a lot harder than someone who has anxiety or depression, I think. Absolutely. And I'm glad you made that point. It's uh, the degree of mental illness and the type of mental illness can make quite a bit of difference. Um, some fundamentally change who you are yes, uh, and change the way you would make decisions yeah. and how you treat other people Yeah, and how you treat yourself. Right. So uh, that is, that is a good point. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah. It also makes it hard to co-parent when you don't know what level they're functioning on or are they medicated or are they not? Right. Right. <laughs> and you may not know that ever. And that's just one of the things you have to be okay with. (laughs) Yeah. One of those things that you just have to let go because you cannot control that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Another thing that is important to know is how your significant other communicates with their ex. Huge. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there are a lot of different ways to do it. Um, Some courts, like in Rachel's case, she'll talk about that. Some courts mandate Things like Talking Parents or Our Family Wizard, Mm -hmm. where there's a co-parenting coordinator or a therapist or somebody who can see the messages. Um, Some decrees do not mandate that. And so communication happens through text or email or phone calls. Um, My piece of advice on this as much as possible, communicate in a way that you can track in case you need it for court. You might not need it, but it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Exactly. And uh, like Sarah said, in my case, uh, that has also changed over time. But initially, it was written into the court order that my husband and his ex, they have to communicate in writing. So initially, it could be through email, through text messages, Mm -hmm. but it had to be in writing. Um, As time has gone on and things have been very contentious and there have been a lot of court dates and a lot of confrontations, uh, even cases of trespassing, Mm. um, the court has mandated that we use our family wizard. Mm -hmm. I've learned that when you set boundaries for certain people, they hate it. Uh (laughs) So there have been times when, you know, we're like, this is the mandated, the court mandated communication medium. And we'll still get emails. We'll still get, you know, through other sources. And we try to just redirect it back through our family wizard. It can be really tough. It is. You know, the people who don't like boundaries are, I've seen (laughs) this quote, they're the people who are who were benefiting from you not having any. That is so true. <laughs> it's so true because they are taking advantage of you in lots of ways. And that doesn't just apply to co-parenting. It applies to any relationship where people don't understand and respect boundaries. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So like we said, every case is different. Yep. Some people need their messaging monitored. Some yes. people are not capable of communicating <laughs> civilly with another adult unless they know someone else has the capability of looking at that message. Right. And um, sometimes not even then. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes not even then. It's tough. Um, there are a lot of things that we have talked about and thought about in terms of what questions should you ask before becoming a step parent? And 
Rachel was smart again and asked a lot of those (laughs) and I didn't, but I learned throughout the years, what would I have done differently and what do I wish I would have known going into it? So what we're going to do is put a um, PDF of questions in the show notes that you can look at. And if you are currently thinking about becoming a step parent, they're incredibly helpful to ask the person that you're dating. If you are already a step parent and you don't know the answer to some of those things, it might be helpful. And if you know them, that's perfect. Fantastic. So I think the biggest takeaway here is communication. Huge. Mm -hmm. You absolutely have to communicate with your partner and have open communication without fighting, without judgment and without, um, you know, hurting each other's feelings, asking questions like this is a a logical, factual question that I want to know before I get too far into this relationship. Mm -hmm. And I will be forever grateful that when I asked those hard questions, my husband answered them Yeah, and he was truthful and he didn't get upset about it. That's really good because sometimes it's hard for people to handle that after a divorce. Yeah. Well, I'm like, like we all know, there's a lot of stigma still associated with divorce, despite how common it is. Mm -hmm. And some people feel a lot of shame surrounding that. Yes. Uh, so it can be tough to talk about these things yeah. and be upfront about them, even when you're specifically asked. Yeah, So I think so too. All right. So you can find the link to those questions on our page and we will get them in the notes for this episode as well. Well, not the questions, the link. (laughs) um, Speaking of our page, you can find us on Facebook at Stepping Forward Podcast. We have both a page and a support group there. Or you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at Step Forward Show. Yes, we also have an email, which is steppingforwardpodcast at gmail.com. And you can send us an email there, or you can record a voice memo and attach that to your email and send it. Um, And just know that if you do share something with us, it could end up in the show, unless you specifically tell us you don't want it in there. Uh, Maybe just throw that in the title of your email so that it's very apparent to us. Um, We are sending you our love as step parents. We are here for you guys. We hope you have a great time until the next time we talk to you. Happy stepping. Bye. Only want love in this heart. Don't know it all, but it's a start. No room for hate, no room for greed, no room for anger, fear, or need. I only want love in this heart. Anything else would tear it apart. No room for envy. I have enough.